Okay, guys. Um, yeah, we've had our, our Easter egg hunt. We have a champion. <laughs> he is. He crushed Marvin. I didn't even bother counting how many Marvin got because they just it just wasn't significant. I had nine. Yeah, nine. So you, you, nine egg Marv. Nine egg Marv. There's no zoot 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 when you lose 24-9. 24-9. Marv was crushed. And I know that he was trying because he's competitive. Anyway, so um, today is Easter uh, Sunday. And that's always a kind of a special time of year just because of loads and loads of chocolates. Um, obviously, no. There's so much more than that. Uh, the last two weeks, I've been so unbelievably ill. Um, I had a stomach infection, which is why I wasn't here last Sunday, and a chest infection. And what that meant was, it meant in the morning when Eden had her breakfast, and one day she was watching Milkshake on Channel 5 on the TV, and all these little Peppa Pig and whatever and all that. It was great for her, but then Jodie had to go to work, and Eden had to go to her, her nans, and I was left on the sofa, unable to change the channel. And so... <laughs> You're stuck there, the remote isn't within reach. I was so ill, and so then milkshake comes and goes, the right stuff comes and goes. And then after that, it's, it's, it's repeats, isn't it? It's repeat city, where you just see, you see the, it's like the trolls of TV. They come out of the darkness, like, yes, we exist. And you're stuck there, and you're tossing and turning ill, going, no, no, no more daytime TV. But you can't look away, there's nothing else to do. So in the midst of all of that, I was watching um, Cowboy Builders. Cowboy Builders. And it was probably one of the best episodes I've ever seen of Cowboy Builders. And it, it moved from TV to what I believe, like God really speaking to me through Cowboy Builders. Yeah, I know, it sounds ridiculous, Eden, it does. So there was, there was this moment where there's this family and they look destroyed. I mean, the, the mum and the dad, they look like they've been battling cancer for the last decade. I mean, they just look absolutely exhausted. They, their dream was, they've got these two boys, they want to build this extension out the back of their house um, that would go out, the kitchen would extend, the living room would extend, and then two bedrooms of the boys would extend so that they could use this house, which is now getting too small, for the rest of their lives. So they've saved up all this amount of money, and they've given 26,000 pounds to this builder. To, they've had the plans done, the drawings done, found the builder they want, he's filled them with confidence, and they've given him 26,000 pounds up front because it's such a large project, not just extending the back, but upwards as well. And then when Dominic, the presenter, says, well, let's see what they've done, because normal with cowboy builders is, they build it, and there's something faulty, like a beam that's gone wrong, or it's broken, and it's, it's going to collapse on them, or it's hazardous. And, cow, and then this TV show comes to the rescue, and, oh, that's Will Hurd. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, they have this moment where like, they try and fix or, or rebuild this infrastructure that's all about to collapse. And they, they, they come in and they save the day. But as they went out the back of the house to look out, there was nothing there, nothing. He dug about six foot of grass in the back garden, and that was it, 26,000 pounds. And all he'd done was dug up a little bit of mud. He hadn't even done it to the right length or width, and the money was gone. And they hadn't seen or heard from him in two years. 
And that was why they looked like that. So their hopes and their dreams had been defecated on. It was in tatters. Their children were now growing older. One of them was already a teenager, which was this whole extension was the purpose was that this house could survive their teenage years and up until the kids go university. And so this guy hasn't just taken this money from them. He's taken their hopes. He's taken their dreams. And they just looked distraught. And um, they went on to say that this pound for pound was probably the worst instance they'd ever seen. They followed him everywhere from family to family where he just ripped them off and not done anything, ripped them off and not done anything, ripped them off and not done anything. And they only just managed to find him right at the end and he ended up facing charges, etc. But I don't know what the outcome was to that. Now the TV show couldn't even, it's the first time I've seen this, they couldn't afford to do the job because no work had happened. They couldn't afford to do the job. Like normally they come in, save the day, do exactly the plans they wanted. This time all they, the TV show could afford to do was extend the kitchen out and to redecorate the boys' rooms where they just went around blagging loads of free stuff. So the two boys have been living in one room together now because the other room was full of all this other stuff. And this family, it was just, it was heartbreaking to watch. And as I was watching this TV show, this, this thought just came to my mind that it was the perfect picture of. And that was this, Jesus talked about, um, when we talk about the devil, Jesus talked about him and described him this way. He said, he's come to steal, he's come to kill, and he's come to destroy. But then Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. And as I watched this family, the thing that hit me the most wasn't so much of the sad situation they were in. It was horrible to watch. But actually, I started to see the sad situation that I'm in. And I started to see the situation that we're all in because we're all in the same boat as them. There comes a moment in your life where something is said to you and you believe in it and you invest in it only to find out it was never what you thought it was. And, and before you know it, you find yourself in a place where you just feel absolutely dead and you feel robbed. And then when you look forward to the future, just like that family, when they look forward to the future, if they want to carry on with their plans, they're looking at what? 10 years to save up the 26,000 pounds again. By that point, the kids are now 20. So, well, that's uh, irrelevant. So their plans are destroyed. It's destroyed. It's not like, it's not repairable. It's just gone. <clears throat> and as, as I thought about that, I thought about the different stages in my life where I've believed in something where I've invested time, energy in things that were not what they looked like. And at the end of it, all I've been left with is something in my hands where I've gone, this isn't what I invested in. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I hoped for. Now, Jesus um, talks about an instance um, preparing us for cowboy builders. And we find it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He's been giving some teaching on not judging people. He's been giving teaching on ask your father, look to him, he'll be the one who provides for you. He, he talks about doing unto others as you would want them to do to you. He talks about um, the fruit that we bear, that being healthy, we bear good fruit. When we're unhealthy, we bear bad fruit. 
He warns people that just because people say that they've done some stuff for God, um, if they don't have that relationship with him, if they're not in him, if they're not living according to his plans, his purpose, their life is invested in him, he'll say he never knew them. And after making these statements all together, he says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. These guys had invested in what looked like a good idea at the time, but they foolishly invested in a builder who was a cowboy who had no intentions of building but just taking their money and running. Sometimes in life, people come into our lives, whether it's relationships, sometimes things come into our life like sin, sometimes things come into our lives that feel like they're a shortcut to our hopes and our dreams and we feel like if we just could just grab a hold of that, we'll end up where we want to be. But if we aren't careful and if we don't see them for what they are, we find out that we haven't invested our life upon a solid foundation. And Jesus is saying here, if you want a foundation that's trustworthy and true, that stands through the storm, I am that foundation. And sometimes when we don't put our trust in Jesus, but we put our trust in something else, we find out and it's too late, and we find out I've been stolen from. Years of my life stolen that I can't get back. I feel dead inside. Hopes and plans for the future just destroyed and in tatters because we trusted a shortcut rather than what he has for us. Now Easter Sunday is an exciting time of year and the reason why today specifically is such a fantastic day is because when we look at this and when we look at that family, what happened at the end of that show was the kitchen was built and they came in and saw the extension and they were in tears, they were so grateful. Then they went upstairs not knowing the bedrooms were gonna be done, they had no idea. And when the kids saw them, the kids were so overjoyed, the whole family were just, oh, you could see like the life come back into their face. It was a beautiful thing to see. But when I think of Jesus and when I think of Easter, the Bible says that God not withholding his own son, what else is there for him to give to us? It's not like that story. It's not anything like it. It's not we've had this plan robbed from us, which was our hopes and our dreams, and we've been given a lesser version. It's we've had our plans and our life robbed from us. We feel dead and we feel death in our lives. We feel completely destroyed and hopeless for the future. We see nothing ahead. And then receiving this gift from Jesus, it's not an extension to the kitchen. It's not two new bedrooms upstairs. There is complete healing and wholeness and hope for a brighter future. There is resurrection where that which is dead comes back to life. The prophet Joel put it this way. He, he used a, farm, a picture that the farmers and people in agriculture could relate to. He said, I'm taking back the years that the locusts have stolen. They've come and they've devoured your whole crops. There's no future for you in this business anymore. You are finished but he is taking back the years 
the years are after, after locusts have been, the years that it takes for that area to be rebuilt, to sustain food again, the years that it takes for that family to build its business back up again, the years that it takes to get back on a position where they can provide for the rest of the nation, those years have been taken. But God is saying in, in Joel, in this passage, I'm giving back those years. And what he does at Easter, and what's so good about Sunday, is that on the Easter Friday, on Good Friday, Jesus Christ dies on a cross for our sins in our situation. He dies because of the, the misplaced trust that we've placed in, in wrong things. But on Sunday, he rises from the dead. He brings newness of life and new hope to each of our lives, exactly where we are, personally in our own individual situations and dreams and hopes, but beyond that, something much bigger. The Bible says that in Christ, he has given us a gift with, which is unimaginable, that we can't even fathom how big the gift is. Today, I felt when preparing for what to say today, I really felt the one thing that God wanted to say to us was that he was going to take back and give to us the years that the locusts have stolen. The times in our lives where we've become disillusioned, where we think, well, I'll never be able to do that because of this. He's giving it back. The times we think, well, I'm a write-off because of this. He's giving it back. The times where we thought, this is never going to happen in my life. Only bad stuff happens to me. There's a cap. There's a ceiling here because I've got to rebuild from this. And if I don't rebuild, I'm not going anywhere. I believe today he was saying, that's not what resurrection's about. That's not what the cross is about. It's not about I died on a cross so you can make it by and just get by on this. I gave my life that you could be as I am. Christ calls us to follow him. And when he calls us to follow him, he's not saying, I want to see you do okay. When Christ calls us to follow him, he is saying, you can be everything that I am. Everything that I am. That's why when Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, he says, if it's you, Lord, if it's you, teacher, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. Jesus says, come. The reason Peter get out, gets out the boat is that's his rabbi. And you do whatever your rabbi does. He sees Jesus doing that. When Jesus invites him, he's like, my rabbi wants me to be like him. So I'm going to be like him. So he gets out the boat to be like Jesus. I believe that God wants us to be able to walk out in the storm, face head on that which the locusts have devoured in our lives. That he wants to call us and he wants us to know that we can walk over the pains, the hurts and the failures of before. That he's going to bring healing and restoration and he's going to do a new thing within our lives. I'm just going to pray for us and that'll be it for today. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the Easter story. Father, I thank you that um, you don't leave us as orphans. Father, I thank you that you don't leave us down and defeated. Father, I thank you that you don't leave us without hope. I thank you that we are not filled with despair. I thank you, Father, that though we are bruised, we are not broken. I thank you, Father, that in you we find resurrection. In you we find newness of life. I thank you, Father, that though you meet us exactly as we are today and we are all in different places, some of us may be still scarred by yesterday. Some of us may still be scarred here and now. Some of us may still be lost in our own struggle and a sense of hopelessness. But Father, today is a day where we look and we gaze fully upon your resurrection, that though you were beaten, though you were bruised for our iniquities, you rose again victoriously from the dead. And the reason you did that was that you would be the first fruit, um, the first of many sons to, to receive glory and to be made whole. 
Father, I just pray by the power of your Holy, power of Holy Spirit, you would come and meet with us today, that you would heal the hurts of yesteryear, and that you would start in our lives to bring about a work of resurrection where we would know you and that we would, from this day forward, as we experience your healing, start to put our trust on the firm, solid foundation that is you, your word, and your identity that you have for us. Uh, last series, Lord, we looked at blessings and curses. We looked at the identity that you have for us. Father, we pray that today would be a day where we experience resurrection. And we pray that we would build upon a firm foundation, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>